Welcome to the All Walks of Art podcast, where I talk with artists and creatives from all walks of life to discuss their work and topics related to being creative. I'm once again joined by my friend, colleague, co-host, all-around great guy, Paul Ramey. Hello. It's good to see you, Paul. Good to see you. Today, I want to talk about something that um, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to numbers. So... Uh, I was reading a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, it's a great book, actually. It talks about success of some of the, the greatest people of our time. Um, he talks, a lot, there's a recurring theme in the book where he talks about 10,000 hours. Uh, it's a 10, the 10,000 hour rule is what he's calling it. And um, it's based on a study by a guy by the name of uh, Anders Ericsson. He's a, I think he's a Swedish guy. Let me... I will have to check that real quick, but, um, essentially the, the 10,000 hour concept is in, in quick terms, cause I want to get into the, the nitty gritty of this is that each of us need to spend 10,000 hours of, uh, legitimate, um, practice, you know, in specific practice towards our, whatever craft we do in order to be great at it. I wouldn't call it a man. I don't think they ever call it mastering the skill, but I think it's, you know, to be great at something, you got to do 10,000 hours. Um, yeah, he's a Swedish, Swedish psychologist, according to the, the, the internets. So anyway. And this 10,000 hours is an accumulation or. Yeah. Yeah. The way I see it, the way I read it, the kind of the gist of what I'm getting here is that, you know, let's, let's relate it to art. That'd be the easiest thing to do since that is what the podcast is about. So, um, let's say you want to be a, a great guitar player, right? The premise of this is that you would dedicate legitimate practice to your craft. And if you quantify that practice in hours, it's going to take you 10,000 hours to really be great. So what's that come out to eight hours a day? Like um, if you did eight hours a day, well, how, well, how many I, years uh, does that take you to get to 10,000? Um, five years if you're doing it full-time, like a like a regular full-time job. 40-hour work week. Yeah, a 40-hour work week. You know, wow. you're looking at five years of, of legitimate study specifically on that. And that's kind of where I want to go with this. I wanted to, um, I, I really wanted to bring this up because I think there's a lot of creatives out there who just, they get down. You know, they think they're not good enough. Um, they start getting anxiety over the fact that they're never going to be where they want to be, even though it, it takes a lot of time to get great at something. You know, you just don't pick up a paintbrush and become a, a great painter. One of the, one of the things I want, one of the topics here, and, and we're getting kind of a slow start because this is a, this is kind of a complicated conversation. Um, I definitely don't want people to think they have to dedicate 10,000 hours before they can ever start doing something. I mean, you're, if you want to be an artist, just call yourself an artist and start making something. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's that simple. You may not be great at it. None of us were in the beginning at anything. Well, I think great can be kind of subjective too. What, what, what are we, what does great quantify? Oh, exactly? I'm so glad you brought it up that way. Cause that, that takes us down the path I wanted to go. Oh, good. We didn't even practice that. No, we didn't. Um, seriously, we didn't. Poor Paul, he never knows what he's going to walk into in this studio when we do these. But essentially, 
when you start out, I think each of us has a talent for certain things. Uh, generally, I, I don't really believe in talents per se, right? I think, I think each of us are good at something just naturally. You know, I'm not naturally good at playing football, so I don't do it. <laughs> right. Um, but you have an aptitude that gets you started and a desire to learn. So you start learning how to play it, the, the, the guitar or painting or whatever it is you do. And you develop that skill set. So you start out, you have a desire, a passion. And as you go down the path, there are other things that may help you with that particular skill set. Um, for example, let's say you're really good with numbers. Um, it's, I don't know if this is a fact or not, but it's, it, people have looked at, you know, if you're good at math, you're probably going to be good at reading music. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but all the people well, I'm terrible know, at math and I'm not real good at reading music. Either, there so. you go. <laughs> so, but you know, and if, if you're listening and you have a better answer for that, please, please let us know, you know, comment, go to iTunes, make a comment, let us know how we, uh, how we did with the facts on this because we don't have a fact checker. Um, I lost my train of thought. This is bad. You know what I need? You need a drink. I need psychopathy. This, uh, this episode is brought to you by, <laughs> not really, no, they're not sponsoring any of this. I don't want to, I don't want to cause any lawsuits. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mad Tree Brewing down in Cincinnati, they're a great place. So I am opening my beer. Oh, that, that sounds so good. That, yeah. It's like it's ASMR for alcoholics. <laughs> Anyway, this is kind of a slow start, isn't it? Well, a little bit. We're, we're uh, you're trying. You're setting us up. Yeah, you know? I'm. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm on the. I'm on the ride with you. I'm kind of interested to see where you're going with this. It's tough. It it all played out in my head really well. And and to to back this up, we've we've done. This is our fifth episode, number five. Yeah, so we've got about five hours in it. We're clearly not experts. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, as far as the talent goes, you start out with your talent and you work your way into it and you start thinking to yourself, I want to get better. So I think success and that, that regard is really your level of success. Do you agree with that? I guess. I mean, I see where you're coming from with that. Um, well, let's look at musicians. This will be an easy one for me. Um, there are a lot of bands out there, and I won't mention any names, who reached a good level of success without really being experts at their instruments. Do you agree? I agree with that. All right. Yeah. So maybe they didn't have 10,000 hours. Maybe they picked up the bass guitar and decided they were just going to play it because the band needed a bass player. You know how that happens. Oh, yeah. It, it just, you know, they might have been a guitar player and thought, okay, they, we need a bass player or whatever, or... Uh, what's what's the band I'm thinking of right now that uh, Periphery? They don't even have a bass player, right? Am I wrong? No, Periphery. Animals as leaders, they don't have a bass player. Oh, okay. Periphery, right. they got a bass player. All right. Um, but you you kind of you kind of delve into it as you go, and the more hours that you get, well, and I and I'm talking about legitimate practicing hours, not not just uh, jamming, so to speak. This is a this is a difficult 
polarizing <laughs> kind of a moment because I'll relate to my painting at this point. If I'm going to do a painting, every painting for me is a learning process. It's a battle because when I first start out, I don't know for sure if I'm going to even like the subject after I get into it. I kind of have an idea that I want to do it, but as I get going with it, I may decide I really don't want to paint this. So it's, I don't, I don't really know how to put this into words, but it's, it's kind of one of them things where I, every painting I do is there to improve me, even though I'm making something for someone to buy. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It's the same way with songs. You know, you write the, you want to write a song that is quote unquote better than the last song or, or that's more meaningful. Yeah. Um, every song you write, it's leading you to the next song that you write. And it sounds like that's kind of the same way with paintings. Every painting that you're doing is kind of setting you up for the next painting that you do. Yes. I'm, I'm actually looking for the specific words that they use in outliers uh, for uh, legitimate practice. That's what I keep calling it, but I, I don't, that's not exactly the word that they use in the book. Um, they use Malcolm Gladwell uses rather Malcolm Gladwell, the, uh, the author outliers is uh, again, it's the story of success. He goes through and just, you know, shares information about different people. Um, uh, the Beatles talks about the Beatles, how they, they, uh, they probably wouldn't be successful if they didn't go to Hamburg and, and really work so hard to be the Beatles. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know the, the whole, I don't know much about the Beatles. Everybody can start throwing stuff at me now, but I don't yeah, really. I, I like a lot of bands and musicians that the Beatles influenced, but as far as them themselves, I've never been a big fan. Yeah. I take a lot of flack for that, but you know, you like what you like. Oh yeah. 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 Music didn't start till Sabbath for me. So Yeah. Me too. I'm, I'm kind of down that route and that, you know, but Ozzy, huge Beatles fan. So yeah, that's go. weird, isn't it? Yeah. And some of his music actually has a Beatles melody to it. Yeah. He's got that sensibility for sure. Um, I can't find it. I'm, I'm scanning here and all I want to do is talk. It's hard to read and talk at the same time. We, we need a little fact checker, fact checker. Fact, yeah. Fact, I thought fact, we were going to get, um, Dak <laughs> Shepard's fact checker to, she would be, she would be cool. You know, what's not fair. She doesn't have a mic stand. You know, well, send her I one. really feel bad. Tell her she'll she, have one. She here. has to, she has to hold like this tabletop mic stand. Yeah, I don't. There's a story behind that. I'm, I, I shouldn't be this way. <laughs> I, apparently she likes having that particular type of mic oh, stand. I, yeah, so I gotcha. and people write in and I, I'd listened to a podcast that they had uh, just the other day while I was painting. Well, whatever makes you comfortable. Like Freddie Mercury. I mean, he liked having that top oh, yeah. half of that. Boom, Stan. Yeah, so. it's wild, isn't it? All right, let's get back on topic. Let's uh, let's focus here. Focus is hard. So how does this play out in education, do you think? Now, I'm a firm believer that creatives don't necessarily have to go to college, but they have to figure out some way to educate themselves. Well, that's true. I mean, if, if you're self-taught, Totally. And there's no outside influence, but yet you get proficient as a musician or as a player. You're going to learn that through a lot of trial and error. And what education should do 
is skip all that all that time. Somebody else has already done the trial and error, and you're learning the you're learning those skills. You know. Oh yeah, you brought a from whole other dynamic else. into this. I didn't think about. To me, it's a time saver. You know, you learn yeah. the rules so you can break them, kind of thing. But if if you don't have that, then you know what are you going to do? How are you going to make? How are you going to realize that if you use these two colors together, that's going to make it look like the sun is shining at this yeah. direction? Or if you use these two colors together, it's going to make it look like there's a reflection. That's a very you know? good point. I never thought of it. I was all ready to tear up education. I, I was on the on the edge of saying that education for creatives is just not required because we tend to put so much emphasis on having that that degree or that diploma or whatever, whatever you're going after. Um, not saying education is bad, I'm not going there. Uh, cause it's good for some people. Right. And it depends on you, I think, but I don't think it's, it's, you don't have to have education to be a good painter or musician or photographer, but it can sure help you get to where you're trying to get oh, yeah, if it's yeah. used right a lot sooner. And that makes me think too, that if you're, if you're someone who is choosing to go to school for something, let's, let's say you want to go be a painter and you have your mindset that you're going to go to college for learning how to paint. You want to get a, a bachelor of fine arts or, or something of that nature. Um, I would recommend not choosing the school, choose, choose the educators, choose the professors, you know, look at their work. If it's something that, that fits you, then that's probably the right school. If you're simply going to Ohio state because it's Ohio state, I don't know that that's the best choice for an artist. Yeah. I think you're right there. You know, um, every school is known for its, you know, it's whatever it teaches, you know, like Berkeley college of music would be a really fantastic school. If you're into music, Juilliard, Juilliard. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would probably go with the idea that, uh, traditional art, uh, classical realism, like for me, for, for what I would want to do, I'd want to go to uh, what's called an atelier. Uh, there's a couple of them in Florence and they're all over the world now, but, um, they, they primarily teach the old methods and that's, that's something I wanted to get at here with this 10,000 hour rule. I think, I think school is basically a foundation for those 10,000 hours. It gets you started. It's usually the first step. I mean, it, it might help me if I go back at my age and and go to a foundational type school where I learn the basics all the way through the advanced part. But I don't know that I'm going to get the return on investment as if I were just starting out. Right. So. Well, you've already done a lot of that trial and error and you know what works good for you. Yeah. And you, yeah. You know. yeah. And books. I mean, books, YouTube channel, right. people, uh, YouTube uh I didn't say that right. YouTube channel people. See, I'm just not, why am I not feeling it? Well, you just, you'll have days like that. I guess. You need, you need another drink. I, I got, <laughs> I got my head wrapped around some other things. I had a, a customer pick up a piece of artwork today. So I'm pretty. Oh yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I'm happy. I'm happy about uh, that. What was the reaction? They liked it. Really? Yeah. yeah that was good. <laughs> I mean. Does that, I mean. Yeah. It was, obviously it was a that commission. matters. That's not the right, right word to use, but I mean. But I mean, obviously you want people to like what they're, what yeah. you're doing for them, but yeah, yeah. I mean, is there a, I mean, what's it feel like when they don't, do they 
you know, or can you tell if they say, oh yeah, uh, hey, that's nice. In a, in a commission, yeah. When somebody hires you to paint something for them, you can usually tell if they're excited or not. Um, I'm, my wife and I were just talking about this. I'm usually more down about the finished piece than the customer is just because I see, I think I see the failure in it more than the success. Right. So, um, on the education thing, I, I really want to, I want to relate this to pizza cause I'm, I'm dying for pizza right now. Um, you know, you're, you're never going to have a great pizza if the sauce is bad, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. no amount of cheese you put on that pizza is going to make that pizza better. No, it's not going to cover up bad sauce. Right. So you have different skill sets applied to the different things that relate to your 10,000 hours of work to get success. So in music, because I want to see how you approach this. If you are a good bass player, do you find it easier to become a better singer? No, I, I don't know. Not necessarily for me. Cause I'm, I've been in a lot of bands where I sing and play bass at the same time. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm not very good at it. Even after 25 plus years, I'm just not that I'm not, I'm no sting and, or no Getty Lee. I mean, okay. there's cats that can do that. Um, I think if you're approaching it just like one or the other, I think, yeah, being able to, to play bass or guitar uh, can bring out different things vocally for you that maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do or you wouldn't think of if you didn't know how to play a, a quote-unquote instrument yeah, if you were yeah. just a singer. So I think in some regard it does make you a little bit, um, makes you different, maybe not necessarily better, but it does make you approach it a little yeah. bit different. Now, being a drummer... I find it very hard to sing because I'm not dealing with notes. And that's why I was brought up the the fact with the bass. It's more of the, the foundational structure of music. Uh, I thought maybe there might be some sort of skill set there that, you know, your bass is the crust, your vocal, your ability to hear the right notes vocally is the sauce and so on and so forth. That gives you a great pizza. In other words, you're you're building up to a level of success in your own right that's a little bit better. You, you've taken skill sets that kind of relate to get you there. Like like in painting, if you can't draw, it's going to be really hard to paint. So you have that skill set of drawing or seeing things better or just understanding color theory easily. Does that make any sense? It makes sense. Okay. I, I think if you're going to relate that to music in that way, I think it's more, it's like if you learn a uh, a cover tune by somebody that uh, is maybe out of your style, like if you're playing metal and, and there's something on top 40 radio and, and you learn that, you learn that bass player's style and, mm-hmm. and the way he approaches the notes. I think, I think that relates a little more because now you're going to, your next song you might steal a little bit of that or there might be a way he went from E to G and, and the way he walked it down was something totally foreign that you wouldn't have mm-hmm. um, even thought of. Oh yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying with education. You're learning so much more from their experience. Exactly. Yeah. You, he already did that and you don't know what five notes he used 
to try to get there, what combination. Yeah. But but he settled on that one, recorded it. It's on the radio. Now you're listening to that and you can you can listen to that and, and think, well, I would have done it different. And that same thing, that's cut out a lot of that trial and error you had to do because mm-hmm. he already did that one. And you know you don't like that. Yeah. But I like this walk up from E to G yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, it's funny because when I when I sat down to do these these notes um for this podcast, it was it was really geared towards how does one get to ten thousand hours in their lifetime? I mean if you part time you're looking at ten years. And if you look at this as being like in my case I do twenty paint if I I take about an average of twenty hours per painting it would take me 500 paintings to consider myself great. I've probably done that many since I was younger, but. And you're, uh, you're considering actually doing the painting as part of that yeah. part of the education. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the beginning when we were talking here, I, I was trying to explain, and I don't know that I really made this very clear to our listeners, but every painting I do, there's for me anyway, there's a level of um, learning like oh yeah that that color doesn't work quite right here to make that color you know or the shape or why are my brushes why does it feel like I'm painting with butter today instead of you know paint and why is the white like window caulk you know (laughs) right there's there's a feel there's medium there's all kinds of different things involved in painting that that come into play there that I'm, I'm really having a hard time explaining this but every Every painting is practice for me. And when they're completed, I either have to decide if the practice is good enough to share or not. If that makes any sense. It does. All right. I hate to keep using that, if that makes any sense. I, <laughs> that's a bad phrase. I need to drop that. It's, I don't, does that make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a little. All right. Uh, you know, it. it's hard because um, I really want to look at the 10,000 hour rule as a way of saying, Oh good. I've got an answer. All I got to do is put 10,000 hours into it and I'll be great. And that's not necessarily true either. Cause there's people out there who work their entire life at trying to be something and it's just never going to click for them. That's I mean, true. And I mean, it just all walks will. of life. That's true. <laughs> right. You, you might, and I'm definitely not going to discourage somebody from trying something that they really love to do. Cause if you love to do it, just keep doing it. But for me, the 10,000 hour rule is a great reminder that I don't have to be great today because I'm just learning. That's um, a good point. Like YouTube. This is another good one. If I go out and I make a video, let's say I've made in my entire career of being me, <laughs> um, Let's say I've made 40 videos all total. And let's say I have an average of 10 hours in each one. That's really on the high end, but um, that's that's still not 10,000 hours. So when I look at my videos and I'm really self-deprecating about my videos being horrible or not at the level I want them to be, I look at it and go, I'm done. I quit. I give up. But then I have to remind myself it's going to take 10,000 hours just to be great according to this rule. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's a good motivator. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. 
I don't know that uh, something struck me when we were talking about, you know, you look at actually the process of making actual art and doing the paintings as um, that's part of the practice. Now, there's a bass player, educator named Jeff Berlin. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's a jazz guy Um, off the top of my head. I can't remember who I play with. I'm thinking like Alan Holdsworth and, you know, those kind of cats and um, used to do columns and bass player. He's on a bass forum that I'm a member of and he Mm -hmm. gets on there and he's always arguing with people because, you know, he don't believe that if you want to play rock music, you don't need to go to school for that. You just learn it from listening to records. But if you want to learn jazz, you should go to school and, and, a lot of stuff he used to say used to run me the wrong way, but as I've yeah. gotten older, I, I get what he's trying to say. And he's a real strong believer that playing and practicing is two different things. So if if you perform a song, you play a song, that's performing and playing, but that's not practicing. Actual practice is, you know, sitting there sight reading or, or learning scales and modes, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. taught from a teacher and, and how... Um, practice isn't isn't supposed to be musical necessarily um when you're practicing it's it's almost unrelated to music it's it's its own thing and then you take that to this other thing which is playing and i don't necessarily always agree with that but i definitely see where he's coming from and it it makes some as i've gotten older it's made a little more sense i i can see that to some degree uh even in the painting side of things the traditional work um, I do a lot of cast paintings, uh, meaning like I'll, I'll take a, uh, if you can think of a statue, just think of a statue for a second. It's all done in plaster, right? It's okay. all cleaned up and it's, it's just white, right? As, as a traditional classical realist in terms of painting, that is a really good subject to work from and it may not sell because of what it is. But like here in the studio, I have up, up in a light box up there, I have a, a plaster cast of a hand that's holding a cube. I've painted at several times. I've drawn it several times, um, scribbled, you know, with an ink pen on a piece of paper and all those things. But it's really there to help me see form and shadow and value and, I can take color out of it. There's no color involved. So I don't have to really pollute my brain with what, how much red do I need for this or how much blue, you know what I mean? Right. So it, a lot of times they're, that's how the traditional ateliers train is they have you start in graphite and charcoal drawing, uh, Charles Bark plates, um, where you're basically copying another drawing, because it's so simple. And then you move on into plaster casts and doing them the same way. Then you add uh, black and white paint and oil and you finally progress into your fourth year with color. So it, it, you're talking about four years until you get to color. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty intense. Wow. So you're in, and you get a good studio, um, habits, you know, when you wake up, you go into the studio and you work all day, you know, not just when you feel like it. Um, and I think that's where school really comes into play for a lot of people because if in, in the creative arts, all of them, I think we have a good opportunity to just be lazy yeah. and not make anything just because 
you know, you're an artist. <laughs> I'm going to wait for the muse to talk to me. And, you know, she never shows up. So school for some of us, for some people, um, just having that regiment every day of getting up, going into the studio and doing your thing is beneficial. Plus, plus a lot of them, they use uh, natural light. So you're forced to, to know that if you wait till evening, you're not going to be able to paint because your subject matter is not in the light. So it, it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It just really pushes you. So I, you know, I guess I can see your friend's thoughts on, you know, legitimate practice in terms of, you know, going to school for this or that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm envisioning scales being a big part of this. You know, you're, you're not just playing a song to get better you're learning scales and you're practicing scales so your chops are better. So right. that when so that when you play the song you're better, so to speak. Your ears better, your hands better, your yeah. choices are better. Yeah, absolutely. Um I I think I want to talk about talent here for a second because I I don't think anybody's born I gotta be careful I choose my words here because I, I don't wanna I don't want to make people think that, you know, well, I don't care. I'm going to be offensive. I think oh, here we go. Yeah. I, I think at some point talent, talent's only going to take you so far with your success. And in the 10,000 hour rule, if you only look at talent, then that basically just says that you don't have to waste any time being great. Cause you're just talented. And I think it's total bullshit because <laughs> Talent, in my mind, is an aptitude. You're just born with an innate ability to do something. And for whatever reason, maybe you were good when you were little at drawing pictures and you just fell out of favor with being that type of an artist because everyone said you have to be good at this and good at that. And, you know, you just decided you weren't going to be an artist by the time you were seven. I don't, I don't know. Right. Um so I don't, I don't think talent has anything to do with any of it. I really don't. I think you're right. I think it very rarely it has anything to do with it. Yeah. I think hard work, determination, perseverance, these, these things are what get us where we are. Um, if and this, is, this is back to where I was saying in the beginning where I like the fact that somebody came up with a number. And I'd like to know the details. Uh, this Andy, Anders Ericsson, the the Swedish guy I was talking about, who come up with this the study. I would love to pick his brain and just say, how exactly did you come up with ten thousand hours? Why not seven thousand? He don't explain that in the book. Uh, I I didn't see it in the book. Um, I I think it's I think it's just a general rule in the book so that you can kind of get an idea of of how much time it takes. Right. Uh, the book actually goes into great detail about, you know, the, the other things that are affecting someone's success, you know, like, are they born into money or not? Are they, are they surrounded by the same people? Like if you're, if you're a musician, I, I know a lot of musicians who are, their entire family are musicians. So when you're born into being a musical family, you're probably going to pick up something. Well, you got a big head start for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So so outliers really kind of goes into that direction more than just focusing down on the 10,000 hours. Um, 
because again, the study was by Anders Erickson. Um, Is he related to life? I don't know. Being Swedish, you know, I, I would say no. <laughs> um, the naming culture um, for Scandinavian countries, whenever it's uh, a surname, isn't like what we do here. I mean, Iceland still does this. For those of you who don't know, Iceland still, you're named after your father. So um, if if your father's name was Eric, your last name is Erickson. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, or Eric's Ditter, if you're a daughter. So um, you don't actually carry surnames like we do everywhere else in the world. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, so I would say, no, he's probably not related to Leif Erickson. I think it's just a coincidence that they both had a father named Eric. Eric the Red, maybe? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Or purple. <laughs> I don't know. Color. Color's good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, this is, this is good for me because I, I, I'm, I'm very analytical when it comes to things. I want to, I want to sit there and beat myself up over something that, you know, if I'm not a great painter, if I'm not successful at it, it's because I haven't put enough hours in it, you know? And now that I look at it, when I really dissect this, I can tell myself that there's a big, big gaping cavernous hole that tells me that, dude, if you're going to be great at this, you're going to have to focus on this, you know, for 10,000 hours. I, I, I've done a lot of pen and ink work. I've done a lot of watercolor work, but I didn't really pick up an oil painting brush and oil paints until 2004. Really? Yeah. And I, I bet I don't, I bet I don't have a total of uh, 30 paintings done in oil to this date. So, you know, I got 600 hours of my 10,000 hours done. I, I need to really step it up a notch. Yeah. So. It definitely gives you uh, something to shoot for. I mean, if you're yeah. looking at it in hard hours like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and back to the pizza analogy on this too, you know, yeah, I've, I've got the background of painting with watercolors. I've got the background of drawing and selling artwork and I'm a lifelong learner. So I have a, I enjoy learning about how to do things. I overthink a lot of things, which is good and bad, but I don't know. I really, the, at 10,000 hours, I, I hate to call it a rule. Even the book calls it a rule over and over. I think it's more of a suggested thought more than a rule. Cause there's, there's people out there who are just, they're fantastic. They're, but they're, imagine they're what they could do if they applied that to, if oh, they're that yeah. good, yeah. how much better could they be? If they applied that to their oh, own yeah, plane yeah, yeah. or what, uh, have you spent 10,000 hours on anything? No, sleeping maybe. Yeah, I like to sleep. Are you good at it? <laughs> no, I'm not very good at that either. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I think it, it's funny because I feel like um, I've always kind of felt like I can play whatever I I want to play. So you you get good enough to to play this song, or you get good enough to to do this thing you're trying to do, then you kind of stop pushing yourself. Yeah, but I think in later years. I felt like my maybe my technique or my skill level. Um, there's certain times I'm like, man, I wish I. Could. There's something I hear. I'm hearing it in my head, but I can't transfer it to my hands oh, and to yeah. my base. So, I mean, that just shows you I haven't put in the ten thousand hours yet. You know, yeah. there's still some work I got to do. Yeah, and you know, probably 
I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe after you do, when others see you successful and they see that you're great at whatever it is you're doing, there's probably going to be another level of 10,000 hours for you personally. Right. So I don't, I don't know that you ever reach, we've talked about this a little bit before where success, you know, it's, it's kind of sort of an irrelevant term in a lot of ways. Um, Success is subjective. I think as long as you're chasing it and and we've talked about this before, as long as you're, as long as you're chasing something while it's not at the expense of the moment, yeah, it's healthy. But if you're always constantly chasing something and you're not living in the moment, not, not, um, maybe not being content. That's not the right word, but you know, if, if you can't appreciate where you're at, then I think that's when it's unhealthy Yeah, because then you spend your whole life uh, chasing after something you're never going to really get. Oh yeah. You kind of have to ask yourself, why are you doing it? Right. You know, um, I mean, why would you do anything? It's not fun. I don't, I don't get that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a very thought provoking rule. Uh, I would, like I say, the study is, is, I would like to learn more about the whole study of, of the 10,000 hour, how you come up with it and all that sort of thing. But, um, so is it going to change how you approach your own work then? Uh, probably not. Uh, I've known about this for several years and I, it, it, it's a driving factor in making sure that I spend some extra time doing the learning process. You know, I, I know that things are just going to take time. You know, if I want to be a good writer, I'm going to have to write a lot. If I want to be a good um, director, video producer, whatever you want to call it, um, on my YouTube channel, it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, I I don't particularly speak well to people. I don't I don't even think I speak well. Period. I think it's hard for me to get words out of my head. I have um, I call it Lars disease. I'm sure you've seen Lars Ulrich talk. <laughs> yeah. He's he's staring at the ceiling a lot. I do that. And it's, it's tough for me because I, it's almost like I, I can't get a, a good clear. I often feel like I can't get a good clear, um, thought out without actually stopping for a second, thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it. And I absolutely hate that because other people just seem to flow and they're intelligent and I stutter on words that I shouldn't, I don't know. It's tough. But yeah, it's, it's one of them things where you just kind of look at this and go to your, you know, your happy place and go, I've got time at the same time. It also adds to my anxiety that I need to get off my ass and do something right? because at 46 years old, I don't exactly have 10,000 hours to learn how to be a better YouTuber, a better speaker, all these, you know, a better artist, all these things, um, and, and if each one takes 10,000 hours, I just, I just don't have the time for it. And maybe that's why niching down into being great at something is so important. You know, you don't want to put too many irons in the fire. Well, that's true. I mean, if you focus on something, I mean, that, sh- you know, it's sharp. It's right on that. Yeah. You're going to be, be good at one thing and, yeah. and be great at it or, you know, be good at several things yeah. and just be good at it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I really, I, 
I, like I say, I just really like the concept of, of knowing there's a number because then I can really start thinking how many hours a day do I need to put into this? How much work do I have to put into this? And how many hours have I put into it? You know, right. Um, it helps me not be too overcritical about my shortcomings. I mean, it, it makes it so much easier to look back at my videos and go, yeah, I've, I haven't made anything yet. You know, there's, right. there's 25, I think 26 videos on my YouTube channel right now that equates to about 200 hours worth of work. Yeah. It's a lot of time, but not really. Not, it doesn't approach 10,000 hours. No, it doesn't. It doesn't come anywhere close to it. And, you know, I, uh, there's a, there's a gentleman by the name of Levi Allen that, uh, I respect his work tremendously. He's a, a filmmaker out, out in, on the West coast and young, actually quite young for the amount of, uh, work that he does has done. And he's, he's really quite good at what he does. And it, it makes me jealous really. Um, very happy for him. I don't want to say I'm jealous in a mean way. I'm jealous in a, right. wow, I, that guy's really good. But you know, he, he finally, he, he put out a video a couple of weeks ago where he said it, it took him eight years to get a hundred thousand subscribers. And, and I'm only saying this because it seems like everywhere on YouTube, everybody uh, uses the metric of subscribers to determine how successful you are. Right. You know, I've got 193 subscribers today and um, I feel like that's a success because that means that there's 193 people that are interested in what I'm doing. And uh, that's a community to me. That's a, that's a good community to me. Um, in fact, I don't know that I'd, at a hundred thousand, that might be a little hard to be a community because you've got so many people that yeah. are, you know, but the point is it took him eight years to get there. And I've only known of him for a couple of years and I watched it skyrocket this last year. Um, you know, how many hours has he got into filmmaking and he talks to the camera really well. So, I mean, he's got, he's got a lot of skills that build that pizza, so to speak. You know, he's good with a camera. So there's the crust. He's, he's good at editing. So there's the sauce. He's you comfortable know. in front of the camera. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, all these things kind of playing together and all of them have their own level of perfection that happens along the way. I mean, he might, he might have 10,000 hours of speaking under his belt that gives him that ability. He may have 10,000 hours behind the camera that gives him that ability. Um, it's, it's, it's probably more than just one thing. I mean, and he, I'm sure he had a passion for making film or he wouldn't be doing it. So, and a talent, there's probably a, a underlying talent there that makes it easier for him than say someone else who doesn't have that talent. Um, so many different avenues here with this 10,000 hours and you can quantify it with that. That's why I like it. Yeah. You got a hard number. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier for me to say, yeah, okay, there's a goal. Cause I'm a goal oriented person. I can't, I can't sit down and say, well, I think I'm going to make a body of work this year. So I'll start painting. Well, that's, it's so ambiguous. Am I going to start painting? Am I even going to finish one to make a body of work? You know? And, and that's really why I come up with 48 for this year. Uh, I probably won't reach it at the current <laughs> the current level of production I'm at. I'm really stuck on this recent painting, but um, it seems like it's hard in any art if 
if you don't set a number out there, yeah, it's you just the days just go by and it's like, well, I can do that tomorrow. I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna start working on this record tomorrow. But if if you say, man, I got to get this done by March, you know, you're gonna. It seems like we don't work without deadlines for some reason. Yeah, you know, even if they're yeah. just arbitrary. It's know, so easy for have, artists just to find that other spot, right? You know. Wow, that's. Uh, How's your back? It's sore. Yeah. It's sore. It's, it's hard getting old, you know. So yeah. I'm not as old as you, but I'm getting I wish you all could see this. Paul walked in um, <laughs> like he had a fist up his ass. <laughs> and I feel it really. Would, it would have felt better. I, I think. feel really bad for him. He you know, He's a trooper. He come out here to record this. I'll for see all my our, chiropractor tomorrow. I'll be in, I'll be in good shape. Oh, that's then. fantastic. What yeah. if that, do you think he's got 10,000 hours? Well, I wonder. Is there, is there an art to chiropractic? I think. It looks, yeah. sure looks like there is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope he's got 10,000 hours. He didn't just walk out of school and say, well, I'm a chiropractor. So let me crack your back. <laughs> I've asked him before way he does. He does that neck move. It looks like the, the thing that Steven Seagal used to do. You oh know, in the yeah. Movies. Yeah. It kills everybody. And, and I'm always like, have you ever broke anybody's neck doing that? He always tells me not yet. But <laughs> not yet. <laughs> it's not very reassuring. <laughs> There's always a first. <laughs> it's true. Probably be, if, if I'm not on the, you know, uh, the next podcast, you'll know why. I got my- yeah. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. That, you know, if you're not here for any reason, I'm going to have to explain why. That's funny. <laughs> Episode six, Paul is not here. <laughs> but you think about uh, 10,000 hours and, and you think about that and, and that, uh, and that profession, but think about like a four year degree, um, for a doctor for, that's like an eight year degree. And yeah. by the time you go yeah. through that, uh, how many hours is that? What's that come out to? I don't know because there's other classes. And that's what I was getting at with the atelier versus going to a, a regular school. You know, if, if, if you're surrounded, if you have math classes and English classes and science classes and, and those classes, they make you spend money on that. You have no idea why you're taking yeah. that class. Right. Is it really adding to your ability as whatever it is you went to school for? I mean, it's, that's, that's com- convoluting to me. Yeah. You know, and that's, that, that's really why I like the atelier system for uh, classical realist painters. I don't know that they have it for abstract painters and <laughs> sculptors and all those people. They probably do. It's probably, probably schools like that. But the, the, the side effect of a school like that is that you're not walking out with a, a degree that's going to get you a job. You're expected, when you go to an atelier type school, like, um, Angel Academy of Art is what sticks out in my mind in Florence. It's a, if I were to pay to go to school, it'd be that one. If I could talk my wife into moving to Florence, Italy, I would do that one. Um, if I could stop building trucks for a living for four years and come back as an artist, I would do that one. I mean, if anybody's getting a hint here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, it's one of the things where you, you just, you don't have a piece of paper that gets you a job. Right. You're expected to graduate and be an artist. So there's no point in learning economics and all these other classes that your degree is going to require you to have. Not saying that economics is bad. Right. Um, But by the same thing, I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to get inspired by learning calculus or something. But if you're in a history class or if you're in a... I don't know what kind of stuff they teach you like that, you know, history or, yeah. um, 
even business. I mean, and there's some things maybe you can pick up for in, as inspiration so that will bleed over into your heart, your art when you're doing that or maybe relationships that you make and people that you meet in those. I mean, there's ways to relate that in the art, yeah. I think, rather than just going to one of these things you're talking about where yeah. it just focuses on the. Because uh, to I, me, it yeah. seems like, I mean, it without outside stimulation that has nothing to do with art you can't really make art every outside stimulation does work its way into art. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think if, if you went to someplace like MIT that just focuses on, you know, learning a style of music, mm-hmm. I, I think it would be different than going to like to Boston college and, and taking music and because you're getting all that culture and all that other stuff that goes along with yeah. being in the city and, and the people that you meet and, and the synergy of other and, students. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah and no. And I, I'm going to, let me address this in a. Are we going to fight? Are we going to argue? No. Okay. No, because you'll lose. You're, you're yes. crippled today. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to really, I would really hurt you. It actually, it might fix your back. But anyway, no, I, I think for me, and this goes back to the niching down of what you're doing and, and really the, the practical side of studying a specific thing. Um, I've never been keen on the idea of going to college for a degree and that, that major, so to speak, and having to take a bunch of other classes because the school says it makes you a better, well-rounded student. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not an educator. I don't, I don't know really how to argue that point, but at the same time I can look back and say, with the degree I have today, nothing other than the classes that were towards my major had any impact on my ability to do my job in the workplace. And it didn't add to my desire to do more. Um, I guess to address the idea of, of being around other students and, you know, something might trigger something. If I'm understanding how you're saying it, um, I just, I think a more focused, direct approach for me as an artist would be better than actually getting a degree in fine art from a university. Because I I feel like I'd be wasting my hours on something that wasn't really impacting my ability to move paint. I don't disagree with that. Okay. Well, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming from there, but I think there's a there's a difference between learning techniques and making mm-hmm. art. And to me, it just seems like everything in the world can help you make art, but not necessarily help yeah. you with techniques. You're talking more of inspiration, though, right? It, well, when ins- you think? inspiration's a big part of it, but just I. Well, okay, let's let's think of it this way in in a traditional. Atelier situation, you, again, you start with uh, drawing and you're doing simple drawings based on somebody else's drawings and you progress into working from life, uh, figurative drawings and, and plaster casts and things like that, still using the instruments that you were using to start out your first year. And then your third year, you move into the other aspects of, of all that and then you add color. Now, in a 
university BFA or master of fine arts program, uh, you're, um, in a lot of ways doing similar things, probably not as focused, uh, from the programs that I've looked at. Uh, and you're also learning things that are more geared towards, you know, freshman studies because all freshmen have to have this, you know, and then your sophomore year, you're taking a lot of classes that really don't pertain to art. They're just part of the curriculum. And I don't really know how to express it, but I don't know that that advanced algebra class is going to help me too much. I prefer if, if, if they were going to go down that route, I think every, everybody with a bachelor of fine arts should also have a minor in business personally, because I I think that'd be the most beneficial way of tackling the other classes, but then also give them a skill closer to the 10,000 hours that they're going to need to be great at something that they can come out of school with, uh, being better prepared for the world. No, I, I, I I'm with you on that. But I don't know. I, th- I just think the educational system is broken. I, I think we, we wow. do a lot of things wrong, which is why I chose not to go to art school. Yeah. Well, I mean, regular school, they just teach you how to pass tests. They don't really teach you, you know, you don't learn anything. You just, yeah, yeah it's just kind of sucks. Yeah. And I, I know this is a, a, a topic you know, for that, that people get really excited about and they're like, well, yeah, you got to go to school. You got to do, you know, yeah, I, I think it matters for some people. I don't want a doctor who just, you know, self-studied 10,000 hours in his <laughs> That's spare a pretty good bedroom. Point, yeah. But I, I also, I, th- I think as artists, you can use that 10,000 hours as a, as a guidepost, uh, kind of a compass point, you know, to give you a good direction to find a way to study. You know, you want to spend, a portion of your week learning how to paint something you don't know how to paint. Um, plein air really comes to mind. Uh, the, the process of going outside and painting the scene that you see in front of you. Um, typically those are done in one, one session, a la prima, as they say. And, uh, you mean, you might go out multiple times, I guess some people do, but you know, you're, you're really rushed. The light's going to change quickly and you don't have time to stew over it. Whereas in a studio environment, you, you know, you can control your lighting, you can control the thing you're painting. And, and again, working from life, you, you can do that. Uh, if you're working from a photo, it's still, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, that's a whole nother topic for another time or a blog post or something outside of this podcast. But I don't know. I, I just, I hope people listening to this right now understand that this, I think 10,000 hours is a good round number for you to say, get some work done and do it. It, It's not saying you're going to be great because you put 10,000 hours in it. It's saying, here's a goal for you, you know, put in the time. Don't be afraid to express what, what it is you want to do, but actually start going down the path you need to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. All it right. can be a point of encouragement too. You look yeah, back yeah. and you're like, oh, I've already got 2,500 hours into this, you know? I'm- yeah. Yeah. And, and also on top of that, you know, good enough is good enough at, at some level. You're just, 
you have to understand that I think you have to understand that as an artist, you have something to bring to the table. You're already creating something and it makes the world a better place. I mean, the world without art to me is just boring. Right. Um, so if you can, if you're capable, capable of making something now and you put it out there and you don't have 10,000 hours yet, use that as a way to improve what you're doing now. So you become really great at what you're doing right now. We need more of that in this world. You Definitely. know, there's a lot of really good YouTubers out there that I think are just fantastic. I can't imagine once they get 10,000 hours, how great they're going to be. I don't want them to give up. I don't want them to sit there and go, I've been doing this for two years. I've got 200 videos and, and 2000 hours, you know, and they're, they're fantastic at 2000 hours and they get burned out and they say, I just, I don't want to do it anymore because I only have so many subs, uh, you know, stop looking at the subs. <laughs> yeah. They're not important. I don't know. Numbers. I think I could beat a dead horse on this 10,000 hours and I'm not sure we haven't already. <laughs> and my beer can is almost empty. Oh goodness. <laughs> then what are we going to do? Mm. We're supposed to be doing shots. Yeah. There's, there's five more cans attached to this thing over there. <laughs> shots. Yeah. Do you think the whiskey maker has 10,000 hours in that? Oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm mean, thinking about that, too. I bet they do. There's an art to that as well, isn't there? There is. We need to get a whiskey maker on here. That'd but be really neat. That would be neat. We'd go to them. Yeah. We're close to Kentucky. We can do it. Road trip. Oh, yeah. Sit down. Who wants the finances? Sit down with, with a somebody. master distiller. <laughs> well, you know, this new painting I got. Yeah. It's a nice segue. <laughs> I'm so bad at self-promotion. All right. So if you listen this far, I really appreciate it. I'm going to cut this one off. Paul's over here squeamish. Oh, I'll live. Moving quickly. I'm worried about him. His, uh, his poor little back. Um, yeah. Bases are heavy, man. They are. <laughs> they are. So give yourself 10,000 hours as a goal. It's not an end-all, be-all. It's not something that you need to look at and say, uh, I'm, I'm never going to be great because I just don't have the time to put into it. But start making, put in the time to make, you know, make something every day. I have a friend who says that uh, he's got little stickers for that and everything. Um, I have one on my easel just to remind me. So I noticed that today, too. That was yeah. the first time I noticed it. Right um, Ginky Hagata, he's a fantastic inspiration to me in, in so many different ways. Um, I call him a friend, you know. So at any rate, put in the hours, put in the time. Follow your dreams, follow your passion, you know, make art, do something. Don't get discouraged. That's right. Don't get discouraged. Don't let these hours discourage you. Um, it's all part of what we do. We all come from all walks of life. So go make something that inspires you and others. That's all I got. We'll see you, Paul. I'll see you. Welcome to the all walks of, let me start over. Whoa. Blah, 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 blah. Where's our theme music? That, that goes oh, in after. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad to do a lot of editing already. We ain't even got into it. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. <laughs> <laughs>